0: This is Bentley Manning.
1: And this is Kellen Day. This is an experiment to see what happens when church gets canceled.
0: And we find new ways to connect. This is...
1: This is... This this is, is...
0: Empty Pews. Today is Wednesday, July the 1st, and this is Bentley Manning coming to you from the Church of the Incarnation in Highlands, North Carolina.
1: And this is Kellen Day. Happy July.
0: Happy July. So last week, if you were listening, Kellen asked me 20 questions, um, and she did not tell me the questions ahead of time, but insisted that I um, answer them uh, honestly and live in the moment. So.
1: I mean, you did that for most of the questions. I
0: did that for the vast majority of the questions. I've passed on one question and struggled through a handful. So today um, we are going to, I'm going to ask Kellen 20 questions with the hope of getting to know her better and with the hope of uh, you all getting to know her better as well. All right, Kellen, I know that you have said to me that you don't always love thinking on your feet and that you like time, but for the sake of time, you're going to have to answer these questions. I've got 20 in no particular order, some serious, some not so serious. Uh, So let's begin. The first question is, uh, why in the world are you an Episcopalian? You did not grow up an Episcopalian. Why are you an Episcopalian?
1: Um, I'm an Episcopalian because I would say mostly because of sacraments. Sacraments affirm the goodness of the created order of the material world. I feel like for a long time, I didn't know I had a body until the sacraments sort of said, you know, the material world is beautiful and grace-filled, and so are you.
0: Kellen, what's your favorite book of the Bible?
1: Mm, I want to say Romans. Really? I don't know. I really like it. I think it's fascinating.
0: Just give us a couple sentences on why Romans is your favorite.
1: Complicated, hard to understand, full of um, Paul's proclamation about the gospel being one of grace.
0: Great. Um, That's not my
1: favorite book of the Bible. I'm just like in it right now.
0: Okay, but for now, (laughs) Romans is your favorite book of the Bible.
1: I'm just studying it currently, so it's on my mind.
0: Kellen, what's the what's your favorite hike? Near or around Highlands.
1: Mm, I really love the hike to White Rock on the Bartram Trail. Um, Yeah, I think that's my favorite.
0: Name one thing, idea, or belief you've changed your mind about in the past five years.
1: (laughs) Who? I've changed my mind. Um, we're going to need to pause this for a second. Um, five years ago, I was a pretty, um, earnest vegetarian and I'm not anymore. And while I'm not sure, like my beliefs have totally shifted, my practice certainly has. I think that I'd rather not eat meat, but I do. So maybe it's just a moral failure on my part.
0: I had a good friend uh, from Nashville who, at a very early age, told his parents that he wasn't interested in eating anything with a face. But then he had a hamburger when he got uh, to high school, and the experience of eating it changed his his whole framework.
1: Honestly, I moved south, and I like love pulled pork, so it's <laughs> kind of the thing that got me.
0: Yeah, it'll get you, mm-hmm. um, Kellen. I've had a chance to talk and spend some time with your parents, and I know them to be really wonderful people, name one quality or value that you learned from them that you really appreciate having learned from them.
1: Kindness. They're very kind and warm people.
0: They are warm people.
1: Mm -hmm. And they think about others and how to be kind.
0: What is the best part about being a priest?
1: Um, For me right now, the best part about being a priest is um, occupying that holy liminal space with people, Um, maybe when they're dying or struggling, wrestling with something. Um, I love that part of my job.
0: You're also really good at that part of your job. Thanks. All right, Kellen, what's the most challenging part about being a priest mm. and maybe in particular being a priest in a parish in a church um, mm-hmm. like ours mm-hmm.
1: i don't know if this is like the most challenging thing about being a priest but sometimes i find it difficult to remember that very mundane administrative tasks are holy tasks i do often forget that and can feel bogged down with sort of the just ordinary politics and administration of this work. Is that fair?
0: I think that's absolutely fair. I find that to be a big challenge as well. I mean, I think sometimes when I think about the priesthood, the calling, as I remember it, had something to do with proclaiming the gospel, celebrating the sacraments, being with people pastorally. But we do spend a lot of time as parish priests thinking of administrative things that might not, on the face of it, seem directly connected to any of that. Yeah. Um, Kellen, what's the first live concert you ever saw?
1: Oh, man, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, Like some Christian contemporary band, like probably like the Newsboys or... um, I have no idea.
0: What is your biggest fear?
1: Dying young.
0: Favorite ice cream flavor? Mm, Coffee. Really?
1: Yeah, I love coffee ice cream. A lot.
0: What about something like Jamocha Almond Fudge? Sure. That's kind of in the same...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's in the same family.
0: Coffee? I... You... Coffee was was my favorite for a long time. When I was in high school, maybe even middle school.
1: What's your favorite now?
0: Mint chocolate chip. Oh, really? Yeah. Surprising. Kellen, are you a feminist?
1: Yes. Full stop.
0: Is that what you would tell your friends if they asked you?
1: (laughs) Yes. Actually, my friends probably
0: wouldn't ask me that question. Why not?
1: Because they know.
0: (laughs) Who's your favorite theologian?
1: Mm, I really like Sarah Coakley a lot. She's of kind of the Rowan Williams camp, but I think is doing a little bit edgier theology um, work with the spirit and desire that I'm really interested in.
0: Name one of your favorite things. If you were telling somebody about visiting Michigan, what's one of your favorite things about Michigan?
1: The lake. The lake is so great. It's like the ocean. People who live on the ocean always scoff at that, but it's true. It's so beautiful. It's so big, and it's fresh water, and you don't have to worry about sharks, and it's just like one of the prettiest landscapes in the world. Also, there's good beer in Grand Rapids.
0: Michigan's in the field you now. Keep your yeah. hands where I could see You, you took the words right out Helen, why do you like rock climbing so much? Um, It's a very focused
1: sport. So it it occupies body and mind. (laughs) Why are you laughing at me? Um, And... I find it to be like really graceful. Like I was a dancer for a long time and rock climbing is maybe one of the closest things I experienced to dancing, even though it's really different movement. But you have to be fluid and you have to balance and it requires strength and precision. Um,
0: So I've wondered, so this idea that rock climbing is graceful, like mm -hmm. dancing, Mm -hmm. there's certain things that are graceful only if you're decent at them. Yeah. Yeah. Right, It'd like I, good. most skateboarders I see, it's not graceful. But if you see someone that knows what they're doing, it's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, it seems like rock climbing might be the same way. Like if I tried to climb up a rock wall, it would not be. <laughs> it might graceful. not be the prettiest, right? Thing.
1: But you could, you, you could get there.
0: Maybe, uh, Kellen, what's your favorite hymn?
1: Ooh, I love the hymn, um, text by W. H. Vanstone, and the hymnal. I'm trying to come up with the first line of it, and we're gonna have to pause and look it up. Um, it's not a vi- we don't usually sing it, but I think the hymn text is so pretty. I feel like I should just read the whole te- text, Bentley, because I feel like not a lot of people are familiar with it, and it is just. Absolutely worth our time.
0: Kellen, it's your show. I'm just asking the questions.
1: Okay, so here's the text Morning glory, starlit sky, soaring music, scholars' truth, flight of swallows, autumn leaves, memories' treasure, grace of youth. Open are the gifts of God, gifts of love to mind and sense. Hidden is love's agony, love's endeavor, love's expense. Love that gives, gives evermore, gives with zeal, with eager hands. Spares not, keeps not, all outpours, Ventures all, its all expends. Drained is love in making full, Bound in setting others free, Poor in making many rich, Weak in giving power to be. Therefore he who shows us God, Helpless hangs up on the tree, And the nails and crowns of thorns Tell of what God's love must be. Here is God, no monarch he, Throned in easy state to reign, Here is God whose arms of love, Aching spent, the world sustain. It's good, huh?
0: It's wonderful. What, what's the hymn number if people want to find it?
1: 585. 585. The tune is Bingham.
0: What's the best movie you've watched in the past year?
1: Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Um I think the best movie I honestly have watched is um A Portrait of a Lady on Fire. You wanted me to say Parasite and it's up there. It really is up there. But I think of A Portrait of a Lady on Fire is the most aesthetically beautiful film I've seen in a long long time.
0: So you recommend it.
1: Um <laughs> It might be a little shocking for some listeners.
0: um kellen uh when you were in high school if i were to ask you what do you want to be when you grow up what would you have said
1: um something to do with genetics or math or uh yeah i was like really interested in math and biology those are my two original college
0: majors we need to make sure you're sitting in on all the finance committee meetings
1: no i have no idea what i'm doing with finance i didn't study that i'm learning though bentley's currently trying to decipher a question he wrote so bear with us
0: kellen some people talk about spirit animals Mm -hmm. what's your spirit animal and why
1: so I think I would, like, want to be something like a snow leopard. <laughs> like, really cool. <laughs> magnificent. But I think I'm more like a mountain goat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and why are you a mountain goat?
1: Um, It's like they like playing on rocks. They're kind of... They're both, like, really sweet creatures, but also um, can be <laughs> a little... Just a little feisty.
0: <laughs> uh, Kellen, name a person who has made... Christianity credible for you?
1: Actually, I will say she's on my mind. Um, This woman named Sharon who just left Highlands a few days ago, but has been living here for around a year. And um, she was kind of in a tough spot (laughs) for many months of that last year. But whenever she saw me, she would tell me not to worry. (laughs) She would remind me that God has a plan and, um, was just like the most resilient woman I had met in a long, long time after a really, really hard life. So she was also funny and... Yeah, talked openly about her struggles and the grace she found every day. So I think Sharon made God credible for me in the last year especially.
0: All right, the difficult news is that we're up. That's 20 questions. That's it? That's all it was. Really? I feel like I could ask a lot more. It was wonderful to get the answers to some of those questions it wasn't
1: 20 questions it was it wasn't
0: I promise
1: I think the one that stumped me the most was the spirit animal
0: I you struggled with that I but did. I think everyone really loved learning a bit more about you uh learning a bit more about where you're coming from so thank you Kellen, I think I'm slotted to preach this Sunday. Would you mind giving us a bit of a recap of uh, what we have in store for us in terms of the gospel reading this coming Sunday?
1: So this text is from Matthew 11, and there is um, this chunk at the beginning where Jesus asked the crowd, to what will I compare this generation? It's like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another, Um, He talks about John a little bit, and then he says um, that basically the Father in heaven has hidden, you know, these things that he had previously mentioned from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. But what I think is sort of the pot of gold of this passage is... Um, The famous verse at the end of it, which says, Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that's how the text ends. And um, yeah, that's all I got, Bentley. Anything sticking out to you right now, Bentley, from this text?
0: Well, it's certainly a pot of gold at the end of this reading from Matthew. I think the first thing that comes to mind is that Jesus is interested in spending time with people who understand that they are carrying heavy burdens uh, and are weary. And I don't, I mean, I... I can't help but think um, it sure does make it difficult to get close to Jesus if you think you've got everything figured out and everything all together. Uh, Jesus is interested in finding us maybe uh, in our weakness or in our um, weariness. And so there's a sense in which our recognizing that we might be weary or carrying heavy burdens is an essential part at uh drawing close to christ and to that point sometimes you'll hear maybe this is a southern thing i don't know you'll hear people say you know they need to get their life together and and then go to church and i think this gospel reading says if your life isn't all together uh jesus is ready to to welcome you into his arms
1: yeah but like whose life is together right now right nobody's nobody's life is together I feel like this text is preaching to the masses currently. Some, maybe more than others, but those who are just like overtaxed, over, overly exploited, overly burdened. I mean, the pandemic has done that for all of us and then, but the, like, you know, continuing ongoing racial injustices. Which is maybe why I find this text so hopeful right now. That, of course, we're all tired and weary and burdened. And life is hard and confusing right now. And, like, you don't have to continue to carry the
0: load. Alone. And I think this is an area where we can trust Jesus. Because his was not a life of comfort or a life removed from the suffering and pain of the world. In fact, his own life found proximity with and alignment with all of the pains and sufferings of the world to the point where he's nailed on the cross. And so when he says, come to me, for I will give you rest, I think we should trust him because he knows of what he speaks. And I would say that if you're having trouble believing Jesus' words, at face value, why not try it on a bit and draw near to Christ with your burdens and see what happens.
1: Here's a prayer. God of the weary, receive my tiredness. God of the hungry, know my emptiness. God of those in danger, hold my fear. God of the silenced, hear my despair. God of the heavy laden, give me rest. God of the hopeful, fill me again with longing. Amen.
0: Thank you all for joining us for this episode of Empty Pews. We have a handful of updates uh, to pass along to you all now.
1: We are live streaming worship at 1030 starting this Sunday. So tune in on Facebook or our website, which means that there is no more Zoom coffee hour before the service. And we are offering three outdoor services in the church garden, 4 p.m. on Sunday for evening prayer, and then noon on Monday and Wednesday for Eucharist. See your email or Facebook for the sign-up sheet to um, reserve a spot at one of those services.
0: Callan, thank you for all of those updates. As always, we love you. We miss you. God's peace.